This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Ah, good morning, Canada. Welcome inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks here in studio. We are at the rink hole here at the RBC Canadian Open, Oakdale Golf and Country Club. And it's a little chilly this morning. And the rain, Bob, the rain in Spain is mainly, what's what's the, what's that go? What's falls mainly on the plane, falls oh. mainly on the golf courses the today. rain in Spain. It is, it is coming down at the hardest it's been all day right now. It is. It's actually right as our show went to air, yep. it comes It comes pouring down. This is a miserable day. This is like a, uh open championship kind of day. It is. It's cold, It's but it's supposed to get better. It's supposed to get better by noon, uh, right, going up into the 20s, and uh, some sunshine even maybe we'll see. And, and if nothing else, this rain is getting uh, rid of some of that smoke. It is. The, the air quality is significantly better. I haven't felt anything. I remember... We were sitting here Wednesday morning, and it, for a couple of minutes, it was kind of difficult to breathe. But now yeah. it seems that is passed. Uh, but we are here. This is our final show for Golf Talk Canada this week here on the Rink Hole. Overdrive, of course, is this afternoon from 4 to 7, TSN, TSN 1050. And we see we got a busy show today. RBC Canadian Open Tournament Director Brian Crawford will be around the table to discuss a bunch, including the concert series tonight. I know you're excited for that, Bob. Black Eyed Peas. Black Eyed Peas. Are you yeah, gonna? gonna I go. got. I got a feeling. Is that, got, is that your go-to? I'm going. I'm going for sure. Okay. Okay. Hang out there and uh, bust some moves. You know. Wow. All that stuff. What's your go-to move? Um, or what depends. isn't your go-to move? I guess. Yeah, that's a, that's question. a better question. Let's not answer that. Let's not answer that. <laughs> so we got Brian Crawford joining us. Chad Mum the executive producer of the PGA Tour Netflix series Full Swing, will also be joining us because this week, let's just say it's been a little spicy in the golf world, and the cameras have been rolling on season two of Full Swing as well. TSN golf analyst Graham Dillette also will be around the table, and who knows, maybe some other special guests too. Before we get to what's going on the golf course today, let's hit it with some news and some headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger. Everybody knows one. So, Bob, obviously the story this morning is the weather. And you mentioned the Open Championship, and you mentioned how the weather is supposed to improve this afternoon. Is this a case where the late, early draw could be just on the wrong side of the draw, potentially? Yes, definitely. It happens uh, a lot more more frequently than people think on the PGA Tour. You get the wrong side of the draw, you get the right side of the draw. Definitely, if you are going out this afternoon, you're going to have probably nice soft greens to fire at because they are going to be soaked. Uh, last night, the guys who finished up who are out there right now had some rain and some wind to deal with. So um, it's just part of playing golf. You know, you really can't predict what's going to happen and you can't, you know, uh, change things to equalize it out of any kind of way. So it's just what you do out here. You play when you can. And, you know, we know being the, the average golfers at best that we personally are, but for the guys out here, how much does, you know, we know the rough is a big story here, but how much is wet, thick rough? How much more of a disadvantage is that too? It's a huge disadvantage. It's a, it's a bit of a, uh, a guessing game too. When the, when the water gets on the face between the club and the ball, 
that's one thing that's not too great. And just the sun the starts sun? to break the out sun? here. <laughs> it's, we're seeing the sun with the pouring rain as well at the same time. Okay. But I, obviously, it's a bit of a guessing game. You, even even when you're not in the rough, even when you're on the tee, you try to keep that face of the driver as dry as you can, so there's no water between that and the golf ball when you're hitting it. But uh, yeah, long rough is is bad. Long wet rough is even worse. Yeah, it really is. And now for this afternoon, for the guys who maybe the sunshine will be here throughout the day. It's supposed to start a little later, but this is awesome to see some sun. They're going to get a scoreable golf course because it'll be soft, just like we saw last year, Sunday in the final round, when guys were playing. It was like they were throwing darts out there. You still have to keep the ball in the fairway, yeah. though. That's a big thing. So the fairways will also hold a little bit more, and we've seen guys who've hit the ball in the middle of the fairway, on the cambered fairway, sometimes it rolls off, it goes into the rough. So it will definitely be a little easier, but you still have to keep the ball in the uh, in the fairway, and you still have to try and stay below the hole if you can because these greens are super slopey. They, they are very slopey right now, and as we speak, Andrew Novak is playing some great golf right now. He is three under through 11 holes on the day. Currently a one-shot lead over Carly Wan. Uh, and Aaron Rye, Justin Lauer, and Corey Connors, as well as Chesson Hadley. Now, Chesson Hadley had some uh, interesting comments yesterday after his round. We'll get to those perhaps in our second segment, and we'll discuss what he had to say, because, Bob, we haven't had you on since the whole since the golf world exploded, which we'll get to <laughs> in our next segment, too. But let's, let's stick to Canadiana here, because Corey Connors had quite a round yesterday. Bogey-free, five-under. 67, and this was just a Corey Connors ball-striking clinic, wasn't it? Yeah, Corey Connors is known for hitting fairways and for hitting greens. That's exactly what he did. He technically, on the score sheet, missed four fairways, but every one of those was in the first cut. He never had to hit a shot out of the long rough, either uh, on, the, on his first shot or getting onto the green. And he, uh, he had some really good putting speed, I thought. He didn't necessarily sink a whole ton of putts, obviously, the five birdies he did, mm. but he was never really sort of in, in danger of, of three-putting or a bogey or, you know, it was a pretty stress-free round all over. So nice to see him um, coming up with that round, and, and hopefully we get to get another one of those today. And Corey Connors, his best finish at the RBC Canadian Open was last year when he came T6. That Sunday scintillating 62 was a big story there. Now, given what Connors has gone through already this season with the Valero Texas Open, the dub, the PGA Championship, the close call for sure obviously the sunday wasn't great but that guy was hitting it on a string for the first 15 holes that saturday afternoon what do you think a guy like connor's who is very even keel can take from that experience to potentially apply whether it's this afternoon on the rink hole given the atmosphere we're going to see and if he continues to stay in the mix on the weekend well i think i think you know he looks very calm but he he admits that he's, he's you know there's butterflies flying around underneath and behind those sunglasses and uh, deep inside but he is a very calm guy but I think he's the only thing you can do is learn from experiences like what happened at the PGA Championship you obviously want to see how did I react emotionally how did I react physically every time you put yourself in those positions you know it goes a long way towards uh, towards improving the next time out I, I, I hearken back to 1999 Mike Weir was in the final group of the PGA Championship final round playing with Tiger Woods of all people yeah. and and en ended up shooting 80 and he just got you know absolutely sideswiped by the crowd by the momentum by what was going on with tiger he said that every time he had to put out last tiger would be standing at the the exit and, and as soon as he left you know a million people all started moving so mm -hmm. it was a really tough day but he learned about that and he went on later that year to win the air canada championship his first pga tour victory he's the last canadian guy male to win a tournament in canada 
So I, I liken that and compare it to what happened to Corey at the PGA Championship. A little different situation. Mm. Didn't quite have his best stuff. But he got into that one, learned it, and perhaps he's going to uh, take his, uh, his lessons and apply them here this week. Which is great to see Corey Connors playing some good golf. Uh, 110 Eastern, he'll be teeing off this afternoon. And on FanDuel right now, plus 650 are his current uh, odds to win for Corey Connors. Now, obviously, Connors is the top Canadian right now, but only by one shot because Adam Hadwin is moving and shaking in a big way. And a quick Adam Hadwin story. I was doing uh, a live television hit on CP24 this morning, and I'm not watching a monitor or anything. I'm just looking at a camera, and I hear this absolutely massive roar as, as our setup was jets outside or just behind the 13th green. I hear this massive roar. Like, what on earth was that? Found the video after uh, one of the CP24 anchors actually sent it to me and Nick Dixon, he sent it to me, and he said, was this what happened behind you? <laughs> and it was. So Adam Hadwin hooped it from 134 yeah. for a nice birdie on 13. Yeah, 134 for a birdie, though. It would, would have been better, I'm sure, as an eagle, but obviously he hit it in the rough and had to chunk it out. But Adam's been playing some good golf today, so nice to see him moving up the leaderboard. I think it's going to be, be a little bit more of a horse race today, as we were talking about, and the afternoon crowd gets out there. Yeah, it really is, and and you spoke to Hadwin before the tournament, and you know obviously a lot of that conversation was just after the the merger news had uh, had broken, or it was the, the next day, I should say. No, it was actually the same day. But in any case, um, he was you could tell that he was close. That's what he kept saying. He's saying, my game's feeling good, I'm close. And we saw the great performance at the Zurich Classic of New Orleans. He has four top tens already on the season. He's finished in the top ten three times here at the RBC Canadian Open. So he, he's ready for this moment, isn't he? Oh, yeah, he's been more than ready. He's been, he's been close before. You know, he was in the hunt uh, when it was at Shaughnessy. He was into the fourth round, I think, just one shot back. Back in 2011. Yep, 2011. Yeah. He also has finished as low Canadian a number of times over the years. So here's our shot, by the way, on the 13th hole. Yeah, if you're watching on TSN 2 here, here's Adam Hadwin. Bang! Boom. Uh, and I think there's I think there's a maturity to his game. I think he, you know, he's not the longest player, so he uses his advantages, uh, especially on the greens where he's a good putter. And, you know, he said he said some good things this week about, about where he was with his game. It's always tough when you feel like you're playing well and it doesn't translate yet into the scores. And players will tell you it's so tough to stay patient while you're going through that. Eventually, though, it does come through. The best part about Adam Hadwin's week so far might have been he's a huge Blue Jays fan. He went down and got to throw out the first pitch this week. Unfortunately, it landed a little bit short of the uh, plate and bounced up. And uh, the catcher, I can't remember who was catching for him, but he had to kind of make a, little, a couple of moves here to keep the ball from, from going behind him. But um, I, I referred to it as that he laid up on the, uh, on the approach to the, to the plate. Yeah, I can't imagine the ribbing he would receive after that because he's a huge baseball fan. Yeah, good play. He was a good player back in the day. Okay, so I didn't know he was a player, too, to short hop it on the move. I mean, now, <laughs> but there was a guy, I believe it was in double-A baseball yesterday, who went to throw the first pitch and actually fell backwards before throwing it. So we did a little better than that. <laughs> yeah. And we, we've seen it a bunch of times where guys throw the ball way way off margin maybe hit some cameraman below the belt uh, we've seen a lot of sports center top tens uh, initiated from that <laughs> exactly. but, but adam hadwin having a, a good day mackenzie hughes had a wild first round to say the least and he's three under right now and sort of the story of a season isn't it bob where he'll have good stretches he's, he's a streaky player he'll have really good stretches and then he's sort of up and down but right now he has made five consecutive pars he's currently through his front nine so he was even on his front nine which was the back nine and now he's playing the first hole mackenzie hughes three shots off the lead right now good for mackenzie hughes he's uh, obviously this is a home game he came and played a couple of practice rounds here with Corey uh last week i believe and um Nice to see him playing well. He's been working on a little bit of 
of length adding. Yes. <laughs> he's trying to stretch his drivers out, and he actually thinks, he told me, uh, although I don't think this was, I have to confirm this. He said he's hitting it by Taylor Pendrith. I'm not quite sure I believe that. <laughs> but he is hitting it a lot further. He's bulked up a little bit. You can see mm-hmm. that in him. And, uh, and I think he's playing a lot better, but it's, again, it's one of those deals where you just wait for that right moment. But he is a guy who goes through stretches where he'll miss three or four cuts in a row, and then he'll have three great tournaments and then go into another little stretch. But I think he'd like to iron that out just a little bit, make it a little smoother. And you mentioned some swing changes he's made, and we saw him make some swing uh, changes as well or some uh, advice to the ODOC here on set. Were you were you also on set when that went down? And I was. I was. What was here. that lesson? Like? <laughs> well, Walk us through that. It was about how O Dog wanted to uh, hit a little bit more of a nice draw. So oh. he was talking about maybe where your alignment is, mm. where his feet were positioned compared to where the club path was. Okay. And O Dog was drinking it all in. O Dog, I don't know if you know this, but he is a sponge for golf information. Really. I think there's too much of it. I think it goes into his head, starts spinning around, and he's got like a thought of the day or something like yeah. that. But, uh, but he was very attentive to what Mac was offering. Well, uh, looking forward to seeing the O-Dog next play some golf. And uh, we saw Mackenzie Hughes go through here the rink hole about uh, an hour and a half or so ago. Didn't see if he had the Jeff O'Neill jersey <laughs> on. The name was spelled back or wrong on the back uh, of, of his caddy, Jace Walker. He'll put through on the Maple Leafs uh, sweater. But nonetheless, a uh, cool little moment uh, that was. On the other side, we're going to discuss Rory McIlroy, both on the golf course and off the golf course, because what a wild week it's been in the world of golf. You're watching and listening to Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods, designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Scully and Weeks, we are here on the rink hole, the 14th hole at the RBC Canadian Open. And as you'll see, we still have our Adidas rain jackets on. Bob, I've received a number of Instagram. Oh, you, you got the double. Wow. It's going to take Four. me a lot of zipping to get undressed wow. tonight. I, I've, I don't think I've ever seen anyone wear two rain jackets at once. It, this, the, this is really this is the the outer layer is really a warmth one. It this, is this is for the rain one, so okay. I could anyway. It's complicated. It's it's unfortunate, however, because I posted an Instagram story of you with the bucket hat on and you had the umbrella like a cane. I got I gotta tell you, dude, like that was a vibe <laughs> check. That was that was swagger right there. I bought that rain hat at the Open Championship about I gotta say, 15 years ago, oh, it was wow. the best purchase I've ever bought. Yeah, it's the rain hats. Like you can't get a good rain hat. This is a good rain this hat. Is it's a, good... a bucket. You know, keeps everything away. It's good. I, I remember when I was at the Open in 2019 at Royal Portrush, they were selling these yellow umbrellas, the same color of those yellow scorecards. At the I got o- one of those. Do you? Did you <laughs> yes. buy one? Oh man, that's my one. It was like a thousand pounds, or else I would have actually it wasn't a thousand pounds, or else I actually would have would have bought it. But um, anyway, it seems to be brightening up here at the RBC Canadian Open. Who knows? Maybe an hour or two, the jacket will be off, and we won't be freezing. Anyways, uh, big uh, news earlier this week in the golf world with the merger. Now, Bob, we haven't actually had you on the show since it all went down. 
when you found out the news, was your head exploding like mine was on live television when it all went down? You know, the first thing, first time I got it, I sort of, I saw the news. It was, uh, I think CNBC yes. had something going out, and I thought, okay, this has got to be a joke. Like I was actually sort of mm-hmm. changing it, uh, scrolling more, through, yeah, yeah, looking for more, more uh, stories on it, and. Then it obviously became very clear. I had no idea, like everybody else. I mean, I don't know why I wouldn't know anyway, but right. it was bizarre and strange and out of nowhere. And and then you sort of get into journalism mode and you try and figure out, okay, what am I going to do? Who am I going to talk to? And you come to the golf course, and it was just unbelievable, the frenzy that was going on and trying to figure things out, trying to figure out what it meant. The anger from some of the players, um, not all of them were like completely irate. Some of them were really disappointed. Uh, you were sitting out front. You got some feedback after that players meeting from some of those players. I had texts here and there from people going like, what is going on here? And you try to figure it out in that first few hours afterwards. It was bizarre. I think now that we've had a little time to digest, I don't know. I'm still sort of trying to put my head around it. There's sort of a, I think Rory, the interview we did with Rory was, was probably kind of outlined, I guess, what it is. It's sort of fait accompli, like this PIF was going to spend the money, mm-hmm. so you better have it with the PGA Tour, because if you don't, I mean, that's that's going to be the end of the PGA Tour yes. in, in some respects. Yes. Now, the, it, there's just so many questions now going forward. I mean, this is a framework of a deal. There's, there's very little meat on this bone mm-hmm. at this point, so we don't really know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen to the Live Tour. We don't know what's going to happen to the PGA Tour. We don't know what golf's going to look like next month, next year, 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, I, I, would, I, I think if you're a PGA Tour player, you have a right to, be, um, to feel that you've been let down, that you know, you, there's a bet- sense of betrayal there. So there's a lot of, a lot of emotions. I'm kind of glad that the tournament started yes. and that we kind of veered off of that for a little bit. I'm sure when we get to the U.S. Open next week, it'll be right back on the front burner. Yeah, it'll be a frenzy, too. And, you know, it, I, it's too bad the news happened for the second straight year early in the week at the RBC Canadian Open, but it's a good thing it wasn't on a tournament day, for example. That would have been an absolute, uh, absolute chaos. Speaking of the tournament, we have another Canadian inside the top ten, Taylor Pendrith. Very One nice. under on the day, four under for the tournament, currently T8 with a host of other players. He's now one shot off the lead. We currently have oh, just a seven-way tie for the lead <laughs> right now here at Oakdale. You mentioned Rory McIlroy, so a couple things. First of all, your one-on-one with Rory was just excellent television. That was just that was just great to see. Thank you. Um, and you tweeted it out, too, that he is your favorite player to interview. He's just such an honest like – he's the guy you want to talk to right. about any scenario. But this – because so many players were mad, they were rattled, they didn't want to talk to anyone, and they wanted to, you know, they wanted Jay Monahan to resign right then and there. But Rory, level-headedness. I wondered, Bob, if you had spoken to Rory on Tuesday, if his attitude would have changed instead of Wednesday, where he had time to sleep on it, he had time to think about it more. What, what were your general takeaways from the interview with Rory? Well, as you said, honesty. He's a very honest guy. He gives you um, genuine answers. He mm-hmm. thinks about the question. He actually listens to the question, which I appreciate because sometimes they just try to obfuscate a little bit or skate in one direction or move out that side. I I just thought that he had a good perspective or not necessarily everyone's going to agree to it, but he Mm -hmm. had a great perspective on the situation, um, on what was happening, on how we should be reacting. He also gave us a great great answer on, you know, what this meant for RBC and and the, the RBC Canadian Open and how it was a real kick in the you know what? Nether regions, yeah. yeah, for them, and he felt really bad. He's 
talked about how much RBC means to the PGA Tour. So he had that certainly in his uh, in his eye line as well. I, I just find that he is, as I say, all you can ask for from from someone when you're interviewing them is for honesty, is for forthrightness, and is to listen to your question. And mm-hmm. that makes such a difference that he does that. Yeah, and it's not like you're, you know, your hockey player interview when they're just off the ice. Well, you know, we got to put pucks in deep, yada, yada. Okay, we get that. That's cliche, whatever. But Rory is just such a fascinating human being. And, and I'm so glad throughout this whole process that he has been the guy taking that leadership role because he's going to give you the truth. Now, that's Rory off the golf course, on the golf course. His first round, he said he got a good night's sleep. Uh, which which was good before before his 4:15 alarm on uh, Thursday morning before shooting a one under 71 pair of bogeys on par fives, where you wonder too if it's just getting more familiar with the golf course where he'll go out this afternoon in probably softer conditions and look out. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Don't forget that was the first time he's seen the front nine, <laughs> so he didn't get the chance to play it in the practice round. He was out at a, an event offsite event on Tuesday. He only played nine holes in the pro am. On Wednesday, uh, other duties prevailed, obviously, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, so he was relying a lot on his caddy to uh, to try and make that uh, decisions for him and show him what was going on. So I think he'll play a little bit better. He he was pretty aggressive, I thought, in, in certain parts, and he hacked out of the rough a lot too many times. I think he only hit six of 15 fairways. Mm-hmm. So there was a um, there was certainly a wild side that he doesn't want to have in today's round. Bling it in, it'll be a little bit more controlled. Um, I think now, having seen the front nine, he'll be a little more aware of where he has to go and what he has to do. Just feel a little bit more comfortable out of it, rather than just relying on a on a number on a yardage book. So I'm expecting him to have a good round. And as we said, he's in the late draw, so he's going to have to the soft course to feast on. Yeah, he certainly will. And if you're looking on FanDuel right now for a little action, Rory is plus a thousand right now, or ten to one. Uh, just for a point of reference, Rory McIlroy, 55th on the PGA Tour in second round scoring average. So you know we'll see which Rory McIlroy shows up this week it, or today and for the weekend too as his bid for the three peat. And it's too bad again, Bob, because we we put together this video essay on Rory's bid for the three-peat. I, I, did it air? I, I don't even know if it actually aired. <laughs> it did air on Monday okay, from good. what I understand. Okay, good, good. But in terms of just, like, without without the, the chatter about what went on, that it really overshadowed what what an impressive accomplishment at going for a three-peat is, whether you're... Yeah. You know, PGA Tour, whatever tour you are, to win three consecutive times, one tournament, it'd be in- an incredible accomplishment, wouldn't it? Well, this tournament's been around for over 100 years, and nobody's done it. So there's some big names who've won twice, and yeah. uh, there's a couple guys, I think one guy for sure, who's won twice, twice. <laughs> so, twice, twice. Uh, but, yeah, but, but it would be. I mean, winning any tournament, let alone the RBC Canadian Open, three times in a row is, is Tiger-esque. Yes, it is. It is Tiger-esque for sure. And Rory McIlroy, uh, he is off later this afternoon at 12.48 p.m. Eastern. Currently T46 right now. The leaderboard's really jumbled up because the cut is currently, I mean, it's early on Friday, so give me that. But the cut is currently one under par. The lead's a five under par. So there are a bunch of guys playing a lot of good golf. Now, before we go to break, Bob, you were in Rochester for the PGA Championship where trivia night was uh, all, all about <laughs> the buzz. At the Masters, you had 13 egg salad sandwiches. I don't know how you're still standing there. Have you found any local cuisine around the Oakdale Golf and Country Club area at the feast on? Uh, no, I'm okay. kind of you know this is a home game, That's so right. you get to go home and you have that. So, but uh, but there are some good spots around here that uh, people are. I spend a lot of time watching my son play hockey down the road at uh, Chesswood Arena. Oh you know, yeah, oh those days. So yeah. We found a couple of places. I don't even know they're still still around. That's a long time I ago. Think Chesswood's so. still there. Yeah. So maybe there's some some spots down there. There's actually a picture of Coley, Carlo Koliakovo on a 
on a trophy in there somewhere. A chess one? Yeah, yeah, oh, wow. way back when he was a kid playing hockey. But, uh, yeah, no, we'll save those for next week when we go to L.A. for the U.S. Open. I'm looking forward to our hard-hitting journalism segments whenever we wrap up our phone interviews on radio next week because I'm always so curious where you guys go and, and how – and you guys are going to be tired next week given you're jumping on a bird Monday morning and go to L.A. But it's going to be a fun week. Uh, Weeksy, thanks for your time this morning. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Coming up on the other side, RBC Canadian Open Tournament Director Brian Crawford will join me around the table. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by TaylorMade, was brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Talk Canada, we are at the rink hole, the 14th hole here at Oakdale Golf and Country Club. And now joining me, if you're watching us on TSN2, you can see him, Brian Crawford, Tournament Director, RVC Canadian Open. What's up, man? Now, you know, we're just uh, waiting for the weather to get through here today and mm -hmm. have a great second day of the tournament. Well, I saw you cruise in here. You had the shades on uh, below, you know, ready. So the shades are, they're prepared. Uh, they were hanging there. I'm ready to put them on this afternoon when uh, it starts to get a little nicer. So. Yeah, so it sounds like around noon-ish, 1 o'clock That's what the uh, that's what the weatherman says at the uh, PGA Tour, so but, we're, uh, uh, we're excited for it. I'm not seeing any brawlies out there, so this is a good thing. No, this is, it's all good. This is, you know, I think we've got our uh, nice little uh, rain shower out of the way here, yeah. and skies will open up and clear up, and we'll... Have the best weather of the week there coming into the weekend. Absolutely. So, you know, we're here by the rink hole. Um, what's your take on this rink hole? How, how, how was this hole decided to be the rink hole for this, for this week? Yeah. So, uh, as you know, it's uh, obviously been on the par three since it was introduced uh, back in 2017. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's now a, a big part of when we're evaluating courses, you know, what, uh, what properties and where this could potentially go. It's, it's become a marquee part of the event and obviously a really important um, part of what is now the makeup of this tournament. So uh, we obviously evaluate all the par threes and, and look at where look at what they have to offer and what we could do around them and build. And this really offered the best mix of being, uh, you know, a little bit later yes. uh, in the golf course and having enough room to, you know, get everything in that we've got in here behind us, you know, on, on Saturday, Sunday, you know, it'll be like 5,000 people on this golf hole. So uh, it worked out great to be able to kind of fully enclose it and, and really do something cool with it that you know, we hadn't done yet. Yeah, and in terms of the overall build-out, 35% more than than last year at St. George's. What, what's that been like, you know, making sure everything's all, all tickety-boo and, and all good to go around everywhere? Yeah, a, yeah, record-setting build for us in terms of our uh, scale. You know, there's 200,000-plus uh, feet of square feet of space wow. that uh, we've built uh, out here uh, from the corporate hospitality to, to, you know, GA areas and all those sorts of things in between. So it's a, you know, massive project, 15 weeks that it took to uh, put it all in place. Uh, we started it and did about four or five weeks in the fall in November and then got started uh, in early, early March. You know, there was still snow on the ground when we started back out here and we kind of go from wearing the winter jackets to the shorts uh, during advance week last week when it was really warm so it's kind of see all the seasons in uh, in one setup period of time but it's uh it's just kind of indicative of the you know the momentum that the tournament's been on uh, over the last couple of years and the growth and and that we've been seeing 
We're with RBC Canadian Open Tournament Director Brian Crawford, and you mentioned all that work that goes into it, and all that work is done by many people, including yeah. volunteers. Yeah. How crucial are volunteers for a tournament like this? Oh, it doesn't happen. It absolutely doesn't happen. And any PGA Tour event wouldn't happen without the volunteers. We have over 2,000 of them. Uh, that are here that uh, give up their time, you know, take vacation from their jobs, um, come in from all over the country as well, pay to stay here, and um, and are just, you know, unbelievably dedicated. We've got uh, a couple volunteers that are celebrating 30-plus years volunteering, and we have a 40-year volunteer anniversary this year that we'll celebrate on uh, a special event that we're doing on Saturday night. Wow. So. You know, they're amazing. Um, it's a thank- thankless job for a lot of them, but, you know, they love it. They love golf. They love uh, the community and aspect of being part of this tournament and volunteering. You know, some of them have made lifelong friendships, and the only time they see each other is at the event, um, you know, as they come in from different places around the country. So uh, we're really fortunate to have, you know, an unbelievable leadership group of volunteers, and um, the, the course it really stepped up in a big way to, to be part of uh, volunteering and leading the volunteer groups as well. You mentioned the course right there. Uh, you spent a lot of time here at Oakdale over the last six, eight, nine months. Uh, overall, was this what you were expecting in terms of scores from the players, or what were you heading into this week expecting in terms of scores from players on this golf course? Yeah, the, the course has come a long way, too, from when we first looked at it. Uh, you know, a number of changes that we made to it, um, you know, changing some of the... Uh, you know, obviously, we picked the routing, so that was kind of the first step of, mm-hmm. of what uh, you know went into it. But adding some tees, adding some bunkers, but also changing some of the contouring of some of the holes, mm-hmm. uh, narrowing some of the landing zones, these sorts of things. And then you know, really just getting the rest of it in shape. Um, Patrick Greenman, the superintendent here, who has uh, just been in a couple years, uh, he kind of came on right about when we um, were really getting serious about coming here, has done you know a phenomenal job with it. Um, and then you've seen this week with, with the rough is pretty diabolical and the green speeds have been pretty fast and they are already naturally, uh, there's a lot of greens with a lot of slope to them. Mm-hmm. So you've got this golf course that has kind of two unique um, sides to it. You've got a front yeah. nine that is uh, quite a bit different than the back nine and is uh, presents different challenges. So, um, you know, I think that um, we saw it yesterday, you know, give them a tough test and we saw a front nine that was uh, significantly harder uh, than the back, which we knew about giving guys score opportunities coming home should make for you know really exciting tournament play we, we think it's actually a really good thing absolutely and you mentioned you know we, we've had so many great canadians make moves throughout this season and we have canadians making moves right now one of our co-leaders is canadian taylor pendrith fantastic who's two under on the day with Corey connors adam hadwin one shot off the lead mackenzie hughes two shots off the lead roger sloan two shots off the lead is this just the dream scenario to have all these Canadians who have had success on the PGA Tour already this season have a chance to yeah. break the slide from 1954? Absolutely. Absolutely. It would be, you know, a magical moment uh, for not only the tournament but uh, and Canadian golf, but mm-hmm. for sport, Canadian sport. Yes. And, um, you know, we've said it, you know, going in that, We've, it's the deepest our field has ever been when it comes to Canadians. They've won more times on the PGA Tour this year than ever before. They're in the hunt every single week. And we've seen it in the years leading up. Adam Hadwin in 2019, uh, you know, obviously Rory kind of ran away with mm-hmm. it from everybody, but he was in the mix going into the final day. Mm-hmm. Corey Connors uh, last year at St. George's. So it, it's just a matter of when, not if. And, you know, if it could happen this year, you know, that would be pretty special for, for everyone. And, 
you know, we're really, really proud of, you know, what those guys have been able to accomplish. And, and you know, the Golf Canada team that uh, leads the high-performance side of things and the Young Pros program and all the programs we have to try to support and grow the next generation. You know, they've got a lofty goal um, to see 30 players, you know, on the uh, Pro Tours by 2032. And, um, and and we see, you know, the guys that are leading the way that were inspired by, you know, Mike's success yep. at the Masters and his his run um, and his success on the PGA Tour. And, and that's inspired a whole wave of golfers that are now trying to, you know, inspire new new Canadians to, to take up uh, the lead. And, and with Brooke as well on the women's game, you know, inspiring Canadians from all over. I was just going to mention that, and no one will forget where they were back in 2018 that summer. Sort of weather like this when Brooke Henderson won yeah. the Women's Open out in Saskatchewan. And, and, you know, that's what this event would be like. That's what the atmosphere would be like, the Canadian uh, war to go on and do it this weekend. Now, there's the golf side of this tournament. Yeah. And then there's the concert side of this tournament. We got a couple concerts tonight. Tell us about, or one tonight, one tomorrow. One Tell tonight, us about one tomorrow. We, well, we actually do have a couple. Yeah, there's tonight. a couple openers, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we've actually have two stages uh, at the oh. RBC Canadian Open. Uh, we introduced that uh, last year. So we have the uh, first. We have the Sirius XM stage, which is down in our Fairway Fan Village, uh, and we've got a bunch of serious artists uh, that are opening, emerging artists that are opening down there, uh, kind of between golf and the concert. So uh, you know, around seven o'clock, that gets going. And and leads into uh, the main stage, which tonight is is uh, obviously you know one of the biggest acts uh, in the world in the Black Eyed Peas and you know former Super Bowl um, act, and so we're really excited to have them, which should be a really fun uh, a fun time tonight. And then tomorrow, same thing again, a bunch of artists taking the Sirius XM stage before the RBCX Music stage gets going with you know what is one of the biggest icons in Canadian music and Lannis Morissette. And the really cool thing I think about the the concert series and what RBC has done in bringing this uh, you know to the tournament is it, it, everybody that's on site GA ticket, hospitality ticket, volunteer, media member. Oh, everybody! Oh. Everybody gets access yeah. to the concerts that are right here on site in a really cool environment, different than maybe what you would normally see at a, a concert um, venue. Um, and I think it makes it, you know, one of the best deals in sports and entertainment. That you know, come first thing in the day, spend the whole day watching golf, and then go to the concerts at night. So uh, it's been a, it's been, you know, a really influential part of the growth of this tournament and bringing on new fans. Uh, and we have seen that those new fans that have come and people that have come because they're drawn to the event or they're drawn to the music, they're coming early and they're seeing the event, they're seeing the golf, they're part of it, uh, and then they're going to the concerts and uh, as well. And for you know our current golf fans that are you know coming out to see, they get an added bonus and they're having a lot of fun too. Well, I got a feeling that tonight's going to be a good night, a good good night. You see what see what we did there. Is, is, is that your go-to Black Eyed Peas right there? That's my go-to Black Eyed Peas reference. I've been using it quite frank, frequently right. yeah, today. It's probably overused. It's going to be like a bingo card whenever someone, ding, we'll, we'll play that. But, uh, Brian, this has been uh, great. Uh, it was great to chat with you before the tournament previewing and great to talk with you now. What a week this has been and looking forward to seeing a champion crowned on Sunday. And hopefully, for our sake, it's a Canadian. Thank you so much. Coming up on the other side, PGA Tour Netflix series executive producer Full Swing Chad Mum joins us here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. 
Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Wrapping up Hour 1, we are here at the Rink Hole at Oakdale Golf and Country Club. And what a week it has been in the world of golf. And for much more on that, no man better to speak to for a behind-the-scenes look of what we'll be seeing as viewers for Season 2 of Full Swing coming up on Netflix. He is Full Swing executive producer Chad Mum, and he's been on the show before, and now he's on again. Chad, welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Hey, great to be back. I'm a little jealous. I'm not there with you guys at the rink. It sounds like an awesome vibe. Oh, dude, it, so. dude, it's come Saturday. I, I was uh, I was here last year, and Rory was probably an hour away, and there were probably a thousand fans directly behind our set last year chanting, "We want Rory." So, so that's that's, that's going to be coming again. That, yeah. So that's going to be coming again. Now, for for you, obviously, we saw the news that that broke earlier this week. And for for those viewers who haven't maybe don't have Twitter or have been seeing Twitter, were the cameras rolling when that news was broken? Looking at players. Oh boy, yes, the cameras were rolling. And I got to say, it's uh, you know, a, a lot of times you want to say you planned for it, but nobody had any idea this was coming. I think it did evolve. You heard from the players. You heard from everybody involved. Nobody really knew this was coming at all. Mm-hmm. So we got super, super lucky. We, we film a lot for this show. I, I think mentioned on the show last time I was on, you know, uh, we, we shot close to 700 hours of footage last year. But it's not like we're always rolling. It right. just so happened to happen that on Tuesday we had a camera crew at home with the player, and then we had another crew actually up there with y'all at the uh, Canadian Open. And... No idea it was coming. Cameras were rolling, and we caught the real-time madness as it was unfolding. So uh, it was, it was, we were just as, as much a shock as everybody else. And, again, if this had happened on Monday, <laughs> we might not have got it. So, uh, you know, sometimes you need a little bit of luck uh, to get these things when you're doing these kinds of documentaries. But, but, wow, I mean, Wednesday morning, dawn broke on a whole new day for professional golf. And, and you know, who knows where things go from here. Yeah, it was wild, man, because our show was actually live on television when it all went down, and a clip has actually gone viral of me with, with my face, with my jaw dropping essentially to the bottom of the desk here because I had no, no one had any idea this was coming. The shock uh, was unbelievable, and I should tell you as well, when uh, the meeting was going on on Tuesday, I was actually standing beside your Netflix camera crew, and we were sort of looking at each other like, <laughs> can you believe this is actually happening? And, and you guys, even last year, like when you when you pitched this yeah. idea years ago, season one, you've got Liv launching. Season two, you have the golf yeah. world exploding. Could you have imagined when you oh initially God. set this out that this was actually going to be a thing? Well, I, I was going to say real quick, I think, you know, if there are any big winners of this right now, it's Canadian golf media. <laughs> you guys were right in the center of it as, uh, as you know, breaking news happens, which doesn't happen that often in golf. Uh, but yeah, back to your point. You know, I remember sitting in the Netflix's office, in the Netflix office, having a discussion with them after they greenlit the show, and and like a real conversation was like, okay, we're, yeah, we're doing this, we're in, we're excited, but like, I don't know, like, where's the drama in golf? You know, and I, I had to come up with like, I was like, yeah, sometimes there's like players that are really slow and annoys other players. There'll be like a rules violation. You know, kind of half joking, but half serious. And then obviously last year, you know, we get to Riviera and. Live just explodes onto the scene. And, and it felt like we had caught lightning in a bottle, you know, being right in the middle of it. And then this year, 
I got to say, we never expected this. Uh, we already felt like we had a great season. We were off to an amazing start. I mean, the golf has been incredible. The, the narrative, you know, obviously, like John Rahm's victory at Masters, Brooks Kepka's resurgence, Michael Block, like so many interesting things have happened already. So we were already feeling pretty good. And then this happens, and it's like, well, take our best laid plans and just, like, rip it up because, you know, golf world's changed again, this time, you know, probably forever. And, and we're just, like, we're not even really out of the first inning yet. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's wild. You're pinching your – we're kind of all pinching ourselves right now just thinking, you know, where, where is this going to go? And, and, again, we're focused on the players. So, mm-hmm. you know, if it's, if we've always said if it's, if, if it's important to the players, it's important to us. And we're just going to keep rolling. And that's what we're doing. We're with Chad Mubb, Netflix full swing executive producer. Now, one of the episodes in season one was mainly about Brooks Kepka, And this was when Kepka was at his lowest. And we sort of, Kepka obviously in that episode, we, we saw a different side of Brooks Kepka, how vulnerable he is. And when we spoke, Chad, back before the series was released, you said that was the biggest surprise of filming was mm-hmm. Brooks Kepka, And, you know, he, he had a bit of a different look back then. He, he had the bleach blonde flow, which was debatable uh, <laughs> at, at, at best. But what was it like for you seeing a guy who you guys filmed closely with and, and got to get to know as just a dude go on and win his fifth major championship. I mean, it just felt like, uh, it felt like he had, he got it back. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it was, it was fun to watch, honestly. And, you know, he's, he's such an interesting character, such an interesting personality. And, you know, to kind of be with an athlete like that, of that stature, clearly what, you know, one of the great players of his generation to kind of see them at their lowest point and to have them be so honest to themselves and to the cameras about sort of what they're feeling, sort of open up that much, you just never really get that kind of opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so then to see him less than a year later, you know, kind of back on top, pretty pretty unequivocally. I mean, it wasn't like he just had one great round. I mean, he, he could have won the Masters yeah. and then wins the PGA Championship in pretty dominant fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was, it's just like a story arc that you, you can't predict. Again, you know, that's the beauty of documentaries. Like you just, real life is stranger than fiction. I think if I would have handed in a script for this year and said Brooks Hefka is going to win the PGA Championship, you know, that probably would have been thrown out thinking, oh, that's, you know, that's too much, uh, <laughs> that's too much <laughs> fiction. Right. Uh, and then imagine trying to predict what happened on Tuesday, you know. <laughs> Real life, you could just never script it. It's so much more interesting sometimes than, uh, than, than fiction. Who would have thunk at the golf world and drama all together, all at once, and it's happening uh, in, in a big way. Now, for you as you know, someone who, who thrives with content, uh, what did you learn from season one, and what are you going to maybe try to do differently or adjust as we see season two next year? Well, I think you know any season one, especially on a platform like Netflix, which has – you know, hundreds of millions of, of like viewers all over the globe. You've got to do a lot of groundwork to kind of explain the world. So, you know, we, we know that a lot of golf fans are excited to watch the series. But, you know, we're also making it for casual sports fans or just fans of interesting worlds and interesting characters. So we had to do a lot of groundwork to kind of explain golf and how pro golf works and the fact that there's four rounds. And mm-hmm. we got a lot of, a lot of golf fans <laughs> taking issue with us explaining the cut. But, you know, it's, it's an important kind of narrative beat in every week. You know, you're either going to make money or you're not. So we felt yeah. like that was an important story to kind of get into it. So anyway, but for season two, 
you don't have to work as hard to kind of explain and set the stage for the world because we've already done that in season one. You also, you know, have we've met a lot of these characters that will be recurring in season two. You know, you've seen these players, so we don't have to spend as much time in backstory. You can just throw them into the action. You can just drop viewers, you know, right where you left off. So we're excited about that. And certainly there's been no shortage of kind of on and off course drama this year. And that's the beauty of sports as well. You know, you just you never can tell what's going to happen, whether it's whether it's the macro drama in the world of golf or, or literally what happens on the golf course. You know, sports just has a way of surprising you every time. That's why we love it. So, you know, we're, we're just along for the ride. And as again, like I said, we're, our goal is to just be there and to be flies on the wall and capture things as it unfolds. And this year's already gone great. We're, we're really excited about you know, what we've got. And then obviously this week, just buckle up because, you know, it's, it's been wild. Buckle up. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Chad, thanks so much for your time today. I can't wait to see how this all shakes down, how it all airs on Netflix early in 2024. Thanks for your time today, my man. And who knows, maybe we'll see you guys here next year at the RBC Canadian Open. All right. Thanks, you guys. Okay, that's Chad Mum, Netflix Full Swing executive producer. I can't wait for that episode, or the episodes, plural, of the drama, the gong show that went down here earlier this week here at the RBC Canadian Open. Well, that wraps hour one here on GTC. Busy, busy hour two. To kick off, we'll get 30 minutes with Graham Dillette. We'll take a look at some of the fan duads on the PGA Tour RBC Canadian Open. Rory McIlroy, 10 to 1. Do we like that value four shots off the lead we'll discuss that plus team canada national men's team coach Derek ingram will join me on the phone we'll discuss his work with some of the great canadians on the pga tour as well as some canadians on a lower level who are growing up in the game trying to become the next Corey connors brooke henderson etc if you're watching us here on tsn2 you're watching a live feed of a group including Kashmir keith mitchell looks like the rain suits are off the brawlies are down the sun is not quite out but it will be later this afternoon Hour two of Golf Talk Canada coming up next. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour One of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada, Hour 2, the back nine here on GTC. We are at the rink hole here at the RBC Canadian Open, the 14th hole. Come by, come say hello, come take a selfie, do the works. We are here for another hour. This is our last show of the week. And if you're watching us on TSN2, you'll notice that Graham Delight is now sitting beside me. Hello, Graham. 
Hey man, how are you? I'm good today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little, uh, a little chilly. A little chilly. It is. Here. I dressed warmer today. I was, uh, okay. I was, I got a little cold. I was wearing shorts yesterday, so you that did was a bad you, move. Yeah, you had the shorts on <laughs> yesterday. That was questionable, but you know what? It's it's June in Toronto. Like, yeah, it's your, I didn't anticipate uh, this cold no. weather. Usually when I'm here in Toronto, it's hot and humid in the summer. And, yeah, yeah. That was what the last week was. It was like in the it was 30 plus Celsius, and I was playing. I played a lot of golf last weekend, and the ball was flying a mile, and it was nice, but now this is grinding. Although tomorrow, it's supposed to be like mid-20 Celsius. Yeah, that'll be sun. good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is going to be great. But we're here, obviously, at the RBC Canadian Open. There is a tournament going on behind us. And would you look at that? There's a Canadian tied for the lead. Again. Taylor Pendrith is three under through ten holes today. Now, Pendy has had success on the PGA Tour, still looking for that first win, the International Presidents Cup team last year. Um have you have you spoken to Pendrith recently? Maybe not this week, but in terms of like, what's your relationship like with, with Taylor? Do you know him at all? Uh, yeah, I mean, I see him pretty much, you know, anytime I'm out with TSN and uh, right. you know, just kind of hanging out and just kind of chit chat. Maybe walk a few holes during a practice round with him. But mm-hmm. yeah, good young player. I mean, he's obviously he's known because he uh, for his length. Yeah. Um, and then it's just kind of polishing up the rest of the game. You know, like he's still um, he probably still just has like a little bit to learn as a young player still but um yeah i mean sky's the limit especially if you can get that putter rolling i mean he hits it so far and plays the modern game and uh, it's great to see a canadian on the top and i mentioned the international president's cup team now he was on that squad back in october obviously they didn't have the the performance that they wanted and of course you played in the president's cup when, when you returned to pga tour events did you feel more comfortable perhaps like given that you had played in all the pressure that the president's cup brings did that bring more comfort to you in, in regular yeah for events? sure I, th- I mean it gives you so much confidence as a player especially i mean he was a captain's pick so um you know with trevor immelman believing in him um you know that's really good for your uh you know, inner beliefs and then you also just kind of get respect to the other players uh you know around the tour and around the world uh you know the that's a big stage uh the president's cup and uh, you know, he didn't have his best week, but the the entire international team had a pretty tough week. They were up against a pretty tough uh, American team. Pretty tough squad, and 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 for you personally, you know, you're uh, you're a shot out of the bunker to beat Jordan Spieth in the Sunday singles. You're chip in playing with Jason Day, the emphatic fist pump. Are those some of the best memories of your own personal professional career? Yeah, I think so. I mean that and. Um... Standing on the first tee at the Olympics, uh, yeah. yeah, that was pretty cool. Walking through opening ceremonies, but those are definitely the two that really stick out. Um, you know, I played really nicely that week in Muirfield, and I had a great partner too, like you said, in Jason Day. So that helped, and you know, you have a former number one that you can kind of lean on a little bit. But uh, great week. We fell a little bit short, but we made a good round in there on Sunday. Yeah, totally. And you know, the players obviously feel a ton of pressure that week at the president's cup the players feel a ton of pressure this week you know given we've we've said 1954 no canadians won since then we've said that about a thousand times on the show on sports center throughout but for you you've played in this tournament countless times what what is the pressure like when you stand on the first tee? he has a player here at the rbc canadian well i mean i think you have to try to get out of your own way a little bit and try not to play too hard you know what yeah. I mean? Sometimes yeah. when you try too hard, you actually, uh, you know, it, it goes backwards. So I think now with these guys, there's so many good Canadians. It's like every single week, right? We, uh, you know, you 
open up the app on your phone or turn on the TV and there's a Canadian flag mm-hmm. kind of in the top 10 or on the first page of the leaderboard. And that just kind of like starts to snowball. And I think these guys now believe and expect to play well, even in this tournament. <clears throat> and, you know, it was different when back in the day, it was kind of just like me and Hearn and uh, Mike Weir kind of, and it's like, I mean, yeah. it was almost like we needed lightning in a bottle type of thing, type mm-hmm. of week is what it felt like. And I think with these guys, they believe and think that they can win and be in contention. And we got seven Canadians in the U.S. Open next week, which, yeah, which, awesome. is, which is unbelievable. And I know, I know you're going to the U.S. Open uh, with TSN. Uh, no one really knows all that much about LACC. I was watching a video that our friends at No Laying Up put out yesterday, uh, last night on YouTube, and the, the course, it looks very cool. It looks, to me, it looks kind of Pinehursty a little bit, a lot of runoff areas uh, around the greens. But, I mean, to have seven Canadians, like, as someone, like you mentioned, you know, there was yourself, there was Weirzy, there was David Hearn, Adam Hadoon was sort of coming yeah, up Yeah, Nick at, Taylor at was time. just kind of coming in, yeah, it was. Young guys. Yeah. But, but for you to have, to see seven Canadians playing in a major championship, how cool is that? Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, that's, I think it just goes to show how far we've come as a golfing nation here and what Brooke leading the way on the women's side and then obviously what Weirzy was able to do in 2003 to kind of spark the revolution here or whatever in Canada uh, among the Canadian players. But, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty amazing. It's a good time to be a golf fan in Canada. It certainly is. It's a great time to be a golf fan in Canada because another guy who – is teeing off now in about two hours, two hours and four minutes to be exact, is Corey Connors, who was five under on day one, bogey-free. And you can say really any golf course is a Corey Connors golf course because he hits it with a two-yard draw on just about every shot when he is clicking. But in terms of mentally, you know, he's a guy who doesn't really seem to get too high or too low do you think that helps him in a week like this where the pressure is just amped up that much more being in canada yeah the pressure and then uh, like you said this this golf course is really it's it's perfect for Corey connors i mean you say that there's no bad golf course for him but if you go to like say palm springs where you have to shoot 30 under par yeah. and there's no premium really on hitting fairways or hitting greens and everyone's got wedges in and then it becomes a putting contest so um you know weeks like this where you have to hit fairways and you have to be in the right spots on greens to, you know, especially some of these greens on the front nine with all the slope and it's not just hitting the green. It's kind of trying to stay below the hole. Um, this, it's a perfect golf course for Corey Connors. Yeah, certainly as Corey Connors is out in two hours and three minutes now. And if you are interested in placing some lollies, Corey Connors currently the second betting favorite wow. right now at plus 650 now of course you and i like to place uh, some wagers here and there on, on some other sports too. guilty <laughs> get guilty yeah yeah we hey you know we were successful with the uh, with the nhl game last night yeah we, we did which, which was good nice that was a good hit. good little powwow here but uh, maddie fitzpatrick is the favorite right now at, at plus 600 and a couple of things it seems like his, he's gotten his braces off Oh, which, nice. which is a bit which is a different look uh which is cool you know good for him to you know do the braces and the, the cross-handed chipping like he's a, he's he's doing it his own way and on the golf course the stack system but this is a guy who won the u.s open last year this setup is u.s opening if you will compare it like that what do you like uh, about fitzpatrick yeah exactly same sort of thing as Corey. i mean keeps the ball in front of him keeps it simple sneaky long yeah uh, like you mentioned with that stack system you don't you know, when he first came out, he was kind of one of the shorter guys, and he he had a nice game, but he just didn't real really ever think of him as a major champion because he didn't have that power mm-hmm. aspect to his mm-hmm. game, which he's built in there now uh, with a lot of hard work. Uh, but yeah, he's he's kind of just that ultimate grinder. He's just never out of it, yep. and 
you just kind of like add them up at the end of the day and he's a guy you play with you're like wow he shot five under today <laughs> it's just not really like impressive to watch but he just kind of gets it done his own way and, and he's one of the guys who really putts mainly with the flag stick in maybe that's so, why you don't ever believe it's like it seems so amateurish yeah, it just seems so like when like when you play now like do you do you go flag stick in uh, on longer putts, I yeah. do, uh, but anything that I'm actually trying to make. So what for me, that's like four feet in. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you said you shot eight under a couple weeks. Yeah, ago. no, Come I'm on, actually dude. putting. I'm putting better now than yeah. I ever did in my entire career. It's right. What a silly game, what but a stupid um, game. Uh, yeah, I, I do on the longer putts, and then once I'm really like 25 feet in, in I usually pull it. Right. Okay. Well, on the other side, we're going to take a deep dive into the fan duel odds, uh, the betting odds for this week. But before we go to break, I want to ask you about the golf course because no one really knew what to expect this week because no one's really ever stepped on this and watched it from a professional scale, played it as a professional tournament. There, you know, the 18th hole is what it is. I believe Brandon Matthews actually carried the creek yesterday which oh, wow. is like what 345 carry down fan. i didn't even know that that was an option i didn't think that was an option too but overall what do you think of this track uh yeah so we've kind of talked about it throughout the week when you get down in the lower holes here on the front nine um it, there's that stretch three through six uh, four holes in a row where you're really just trying to hang on a couple fairways that are really difficult to hit because everything kind of slopes you almost have to like cut it into the mm -hmm. hill mm -hmm. Today, maybe with this rain, just a little bit softer might help a little bit. Um, and then once you kind of make the turn here, this back nine is where you can kind of make your cheese and, and the birdies. Uh, and the 18th hole is not great. I mean, I, it's, I, think, it's quirky. I think that everyone would admit that, even the PJ Tour and Golf Canada. But it is what it is. It's, it's, it's going to be exciting on Sunday coming right. down the stretch if, right. if that hole. Because, I mean, you can make an eagle or a par or a bogey pretty easily. So there could be a big swing there. But... Uh, not my favorite finishing hole. Yeah, I wonder if guys will try to take it a little closer to the creek. I mean, you know, I, I was watching some of the coverage uh, during yesterday's first round, and, you know, Mackenzie Hughes still had 265 in, and it looked like there was another 20, 30 yards of daylight. Yeah, the, the thing is, it kind of it starts narrowing up there at the end, and also it's like the you just – if you hit it in the fairway, even if you have 260, you're getting to the green, right? But if you if you try to squeeze it up there and it kind of narrows down and now you're in the rough, now you're laying up and you're like, man, I should have just hit the three iron in the fairway, right? right? So I think that, that you can take it on if you want and try to bite off a little bit more and give yourself a better chance at making a three. But if you're just sitting on that tee, you're like, okay, I got to make four here. I want to make a birdie. The smart play is to lay back and take it on that way with a longer club. Yeah, because it sort of snakes in that that creek on, on the right hand yeah. side, right where, and you can't really you can't really blow it too far left or right to try to play a different angle because there's rough, there's hospitality tents everywhere too. Yeah, so that second shot coming into that green too. I mean, that green is kind of perched up, like from the player's perspective in the fairway, looks like it's sitting up on top of a hill, and that green is crazy, a lot of slope and undulation. So. Uh, I I do think that you know if we, if we have a close uh, run coming down the stretch on Sunday, it could be exciting. Anyways, on that hole. Yeah, I, I guess you know looking at it from a, a glass half full too is you know guys will be going for it on on Sunday with a chance for a title, you know hitting a seven wood, hitting a five wood, like they're not hitting eight iron, they're not hitting nine. So it's a risk reward shot. Clearly, you you have to pull a shot off, right? Yeah, and it's like it's not a guaranteed birdie. Exactly. Step one, you get it in the fairway, and now you got that second shot. And it is a longer shot, obviously, but, um, yeah, there'll, there'll be some fireworks there. There'll be some fireworks uh, for sure. Coming up on the other side, we're going to ask Graham all about what's it like playing in conditions like this that are changing all the time, dealing with the cold, the wind, etc. And we'll take a deep dive into the fan duel odds for the RBC Canadian Open. All that and more coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada. 
This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. Learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community. Visit CobbleBeach.com today. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. We are on TSN 2 and TSN 1050 until noon. Of course, if you're watching us, you see myself and Graham Dillette. We are discussing the second round of the RBC Canadian Open. Here are live images of the 13th hole. If you're watching us on TSN 2 and we have... Uh, Chad Ramey, Brendan Todd, and Richie Warensky walking up the fairway on 13. Grand, bit of a different pin position than we saw yesterday on 13. The pin is back. Someone is, holy Toledo, someone is in their toy like a toy guy. <laughs> wow. Uh, I, so I was doing a, a live hit on CP24 earlier this morning, and we were set up right behind uh, the 13th hole, and I heard a big roar during the hit, and I saw the highlight after Adam Hadwin hooped it from 135. Yeah, awesome. Wow. That's a those those are nice. That's how you kind of move up a leaderboard really fast, and you can just get a little bit of confidence and mojo going in the round. You know it. And speaking of mojo, we've had some uh, interesting conditions here this morning. Uh, Weeksy had four layers on, which, I mean, that, that seemed a little bold. He took the bucket off bucket hat off for the show which again it was a vibe he was cruising he had some swag going but Graham for you when when you woke up when you were playing and you saw a forecast like this what kind of mindset do you have to have well you just know that everyone is kind of in the same boat but you want to just always make sure that your hands are warm like I mean once you kind of start losing a little bit of feel in your hands um, you know, everything kind of just feels like a little bit off. So keeping your hands warm. And I was watching some of the coverage this morning in the hotel. And, uh, I mean, this rough being wet like this is just extra thick and heavy today. And that just makes it more difficult. So same thing. It's like a, even m maybe more of a premium on getting the ball in the fairway. But, uh, you know, it doesn't really change what you do as a player. Sometimes it slows things down a little bit when you're constantly going back and forth with the umbrella and the towels and trying to keep things dry. But uh, days like this when a caddy kind of makes a bigger difference. He certainly, certainly does. Now, you were obviously were at Oak Hill for the PGA Championship for us here on TSN. How would you compare the rough here at Oakdale versus Oak Hill? Because now we're seeing similar temperatures. Yeah, um, actually pretty similar. Just that really, really heavy thick like bladed grass you know because we're kind of in the same geographical area mm. i'm not sure what the exact strain is um at either either. place but uh very similar i think it might have been a little shorter at, at the pga mm -hmm. in all honesty mm -hmm. i think it might be a little bit longer here but uh very similar very similar and for an update now on the leaderboard we have taylor pendrith who unfortunately made a bogey he is one shot off the pace t3 right now your leaders right now andrew novak and carl yuan currently leading now taylor pendrith odds have now climbed or shortened i should say to 33 to 1 on fan duel right now but i want to ask you about rory McIlroy because he is five shots off the lead which is currently the cut right now so a lot of players jumbled up and i know it's early on friday but still we got to mention the cut 10 to 1 right now rory McIlroy is he opened as the overwhelming betting favorite a plus 550 given he's seen the golf course once fully now in competition he made a couple sloppy bogeys on par fives yesterday how do you like those odds for rory right now 
Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys in between, but, I mean, he's definitely the premium player in the field here this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he played nicely, like, yesterday. I mean, like you said, I mean, it was a couple silly bogeys on par fives, which yep. is not like him at all. Um, so if he cleans that up, he's obviously he was he played great last week, apart from a, a poor Sunday, which you don't really see out of him very often. Usually he's shooting that 66 Sunday backdoor top five type deal, but um, so a little bit out of character for him last week. But obviously he's feeling good about his game, and if he can just clean up those just kind of simple little errors, he's I think he's going to be right there. And, and overall for Rory, you know he's in the middle now of of a four week stretch. He'll be playing the U.S. Open next week. He'll be playing the Travelers Championship the following week in a designated event. Now, we've spoken at length on this show about the major drought since 2014. The top 10s in the majors last year, all four of them, came T7 of the PGA Championship. But what do you think is holding Rory back? Well, I mean, you got to think now it's somewhat mental. Like, I mean, uh, like I even think about my own career, and obviously I never won. I know I always knew that I was good enough to win, but the more times that you, there, there becomes a time where it's like, okay, you put yourself in position, you don't get it done, but you learn something. You put yourself in position, all right, I didn't get it done. I played nicely. Somebody else beat me, but I learned something. And then at some point in time, that kind of switches to like, man, am I ever going to get this? Mm -hmm. And then that starts weighing on you, and it's almost like this monkey on your back that you just can't get off. And I wonder if he's starting to go through some of that as well. Like, I mean, at one point in time in 2014, it looked like he was going to maybe tie Jack's and Tiger's records. You know what I mean? And and then all of a sudden just went dry. And there's no question that it's got to be somewhat mental. And you look the complete opposite. Look at Brooks Kepka. I mean, he's just a major machine, and he just he goes into those majors just knowing that he's going to win. Mm-hmm. Where Rory, it's like now, it's like, can I get this done again? Like, yeah. and maybe if he gets one, it'll kind of start that snowball and a little onslaught. He might pick off like three of the next eight or something like that. But uh, yeah, you got to think it's upstairs right now. Yeah, and going a run, you know, like Podrick Harrington went on back in two thousand eight. Now, when Rory won those two majors in twenty fourteen, he won the Open Championship, he won the WGC at Firestone, and then the PGA Championship. So he stayed hot and was playing hot. Now, earlier in the show, we had PGA Netflix full swing executive producer Chad Mum on the show, and Rory had the line in that Netflix series that it's like he's trying to win his first major again. And to your point, it just seems like it, it's really mental for this guy. So we'll see how Rory can progress here at the RBC Canadian Open. He's on the tee in about an hour and 25 uh, minutes or so uh, discussing some of the other Canadians right now. Adam Hadwin has also made another bogey, unfortunately. He's three under right now. But, you know, he's a guy who's won once on the PGA Tour. He's a guy who has played in the President's Cup twice how motivated do you think he is to not only have a good week this week, this year, but Royal Montreal is not too far down the road, and you know how badly he wants to be on that team. How motivated yeah, do you think he is? Yeah, all the Canadians, really. I mean, I know that uh, you know Mackenzie Hughes really wanted to be on that team, and I think he thought he was going to maybe get a nod yeah. as well. But, uh, yeah, to play in a President's Cup is super special, but to do it on home soil would be unbelievable. Like, I think back when – Weirsy beat Tiger in singles there in Montreal, and it didn't even matter what happened with that entire President's Cup. It was mm-hmm. that's what everyone remembered in Canada, you know. So, I mean, potentially, could we have four Canadians on the team? Like, it's reasonable Possibly. to believe that that could be the case. But you've got to think at least a couple. Maybe Weirsy gives one a captain's pick, another nod to uh, to get more Canadian flags on that. But you going back to Adam, it's like. It just shows, like, he's been a really, really good player for a long time, how hard it is to win out here. Mm -hmm. I mean, one win, um, 
it seems like he's in contention a lot. He's had a great career. I mean, if he if his career ended today, it, it's a total success, and he's maybe looking at Canadian Golf Hall of Fame type. Like, I mean, it's hundred percent. It's it's impressive what he's done, and so winning is hard. But he's in great shape here. Like the nice thing about this tournament, nobody's kind of running away. There's going to be a lot of guys in the mix come the weekend, and I think it's going to be a pretty tight leaderboard. And he's won the River Mead Cup a couple of times as the low Canadian. You mentioned the President's Cup. Maybe you'll be there on location. Maybe you'll be alongside Mike Weir as a captain's assistant. Who knows? That, yeah, that, that, that'd be a little quite, spicy. I don't know if I quite have the resume Who for that. Who knows? But if if Weirzy ever gave me the call, I would be more than happy. Weirzy, if you're watching, <laughs> if you're watching, GD would be a great captain's uh, assistant. Okay, someone who's not going to be on that uh, President's Cup side but will maybe, well, actually very likely be on the European Ryder Cup team this year, is one Justin Rose, who is 12-1 to right now on FanDuel, and, and he's got a new driver in the bag this week. So he was using a driver that was a tailor-made driver that was six years old or so, an M2, and now he's back to the Stealth 2-plus uh, driver. And for a guy who's driven it really all over the map this season, he already has a win. He's uh, T18 right now, three shots off the pace. How do you like Rosie's chances? Yeah, it's good to see him uh, playing nice golf again. He just kind of went through that little rut that it's so easy to do as a professional, but he switched there to Hanma, remember for one year? when he was world number one, right, and and then switched over. I think that was like a big part of his kind of decline there for a while, and then it took a while to get that confidence back. But he's playing nice. I mean, his win at Pebble, he was right in the mix there at the PGA. And driving it all over the map that week, too. yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's good to see. And, like, same thing. Like, you see McElroy, Connors, um, Justin Rose, Matthew Fitzpatrick. Like, those are the main horses, really, um, in this golf tournament. And that's rightfully so, 12 to 1. I mean, I think I could sprinkle a little bit on them there. A little little lollies, a little action. Now, before we go to break, someone else who is also at 3 under par, but his odds are much longer. Shane Lowry at 33 to 1. Wow. Three and shots off the pace. Hello! Yeah, major champion. And this is Conditions almost, like this? Yeah, this is, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's playing like a major, but it's it's definitely more difficult than a regular PGA Tour event. Yeah, you're right about that. Uh, Shane Lowry, 33-1 to 1 right now on FanDuel. Well, Graham, thanks for your time this morning. Anytime. Really, really appreciate it. It's been fun working with you again, and I'm sure we'll do it again uh, very soon. All right. Coming up on the other side, Team Canada National Men's Team Coach Derek Ingram joins us here on Golf Talk Canada. If you're watching us on TSN2, you're looking at live images of the 13th hole here at Oakdale Golf and Country Club. A long par four. Adam Hadwin did make a birdie holding out from 134 yards earlier this morning. Derek Ingram joins me next right here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. Book your tour at cadillac.ca slash live. Back inside Golf Talk Canada Live from the RBC Canadian Open. If you're watching us on TSN2, you are seeing live images of the 13th hole. We have S.H. Kim, James Hahn, and Doug Gim, who are strolling up the fairway right now. 
James Hahn, currently three under for the tournament. He is three shots. Is he still three shots off the lead? He is indeed three shots off the lead of Andrew Novak and Carl Yuan, who are currently your co-leaders right now here at the RBC Canadian Open. And it's been a great week so far for us. We are on the rink hole here at the RBC Canadian Open, the 14th hole. There's a rink set up behind us, which is totally awesome. That The atmosphere here, quiet right now, but as the weather improves, it's going to get rowdy this afternoon. Those who watched Overdrive yesterday on TSN saw so Many people around this hole, and we know once the weekend comes, as tournament director Brian Crawford told me a little earlier in the show, 5,000 people expected around this hole as uh, as we set on to the weekend. Uh, I believe we have our next guest on the line. Uh, now joining us is Team Canada National Men's Coach Derek Ingram, who's been here uh, for a lot of the week and uh, is... Okay, we don't have Derek yet, but we are. We will have Derek here uh, momentarily as uh, he is getting set to come on board with us here on Golf Talk Canada. Now, I actually got to see Derek uh, about two weeks ago as Team Canada was, or Golf Canada was doing their Team Canada Media Day, where it was like a training camp where basically they had uh, a lot of their young up-and-coming players set up and. Uh, put us through some of the paces with the national team coaches, whether it was Salima Musani, who does the national women's team, or Derek Ingram, who is the uh, national uh, men's team coach. And he was putting us through the paces in terms of driving distance and trying to hit driver square uh, on the club face. And Salima was doing some drills uh, with all of us media type around the green, some short game work, that sort of thing. So, uh, it was fun to, to catch up with Derek then and looking forward to getting uh, Derek back on the line here momentarily. Updating the leaderboard here at the RBC Canadian Open. Andrew Novak, currently your leader, three under on the day. Now, he was also three under during Thursday's first round of the RBC Canadian Open. He is three under today, one shot or one hole to go in his uh, second round. Carly Wan is also at six under par for the tournament he is currently tied for the lead with andrew novak taylor pendrith he is the top canadian alongside Corey connors both five under par as we speak now taylor pendrith looking at taking a look at his second round he opened with seven consecutive pars and then got it got it going three consecutive birdies and now he is one shot off the pace. Now, speaking of great Canadian players, now joining us is Team Canada National Men's Team Coach Derek Ingram. Derek, welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Hey, Adam. Uh, thanks very much for having me. How are you? I am great. Now, do you, do you have the rain suit on? What What's the getup? We, we saw Weeksy had uh, four layers on earlier. I feel like it's getting a little warmer. It's still cold on this set, but but what what's the getup right now? I'm wearing uh well, I'm on the putting green just okay. well, just waiting for Corey to set him up and I've got a hooded sweatshirt on and okay. uh, everything I have with me so yeah it's cool but uh, better than it was this morning at six o'clock when I started so yeah definitely it was a little nippy and uh, and you're there uh, waiting on the putting green for uh, for Corey Connors as he gets set for his second round uh, off uh, just over an hour and a half's time or so now uh, for for Corey what did you see from Corey Connors in round one? 
Yeah, no, just a lot of being uh, a good version of Corey, you know, driving it well and hitting his irons well and, and making some putts. And, you know, the ones that didn't go in had a good look. So it was it was a solid day, really good start. Um, and really a lot of what we've been seeing the last six or eight weeks from Corey, maybe even longer. Or maybe, maybe I should say the last three years or four years. But anyway, yeah, no, he's, he's, he's looking good and uh, in fine form. He certainly is. And what do you think Corey took from the experience at Oak Hill where, you know, that Saturday third round, Derek, he was driving that thing on a string. He was playing some great golf, got an awful break on that 16th hole and obviously didn't have the Sunday he was looking for. But what do you think he can take from an experience like that to apply it this week where the pressure will be high once again? Yeah, I think it's just he knows now that, you know, for three rounds he can compete and be right there with the best players in the game. And we're talking the top 10 or 15 in the world. So, uh, you know, he's he's getting more and more comfortable in those situations. And uh, I know his good stuff. He knows his good stuff is good enough to be, you know, right there with the best of the best. I mean, Saturday he played in a two ball with Scotty Shuffler, who's I think the number one player in the world, and, and beat him, you know, pretty handily. Now, Scotty's a great player. You know how golf is on any given day. But uh, more and more consistently, Corey's starting to put himself in these positions, and he's feeling very comfortable that, hey, if I play my game, I love my chances. Now, you mentioned you're waiting for Corey by the practice putting green as we speak here at Oakdale. But for you as a coach, what is a typical day in the life like for you, let's say today, Friday, for the second round of the RBC Canadian Open? This week's a little bit busier because I've got seven guys uh, that I work with who are in the field. And it's normally not that many unless possibly it's at a PGA Tour Canada event Mm -hmm. uh, or maybe a top amateur event. Normally it might be three or four. So anyway, but... Uh, t- Taylor was here for Taylor getting some drills set up on the putting green that him that I use with Taylor and Corey about six o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to be here before they are here, so when they're here, they're set up and we can just kind of go through them seamlessly. Uh, it's a warm up; it's not a practice session, you know. But we're just trying to, you know, make sure that we're ready to rock when when we uh, when the gun goes off. So work on our speed, work on our start line, practice the reading the greens, and you know, work on some short putts, etc. And then. Uh, go to the driving range uh, and do a complete warm-up there. A lot of bunker shots, shots from the rough. It's obviously super important, Adam, this week. And then, you know, warm up the long game. So that's kind of our game plan. And then back to the putting green to roll a few more putts for five or seven minutes until they're on the tee. So that's – and I do that with – try to do that with pretty much every player I have in the field. You mentioned seven guys in the field. Who are some of the other players that uh, you're coaching uh, this week for, for our audience to know? Yeah, I work with Aaron Cockrell, who plays the world, the DP World Tour. Uh, I work with Stuart McDonald, who's on PGA Tour Latin America. I work do a little bit of work with Miles Creighton as yep. well on PGA Tour Latin America. Johnny Trevally, who's one of the top, maybe the top amateur in Canada. And who else am I missing? Etienne Papineau uh, as well. So I think that's seven right there. Etienne yep. Papineau is on our young pro squad. Yep. There you go. We, we got them all. Okay, so you mentioned Taylor Pendrith there, and, you know, this is a guy who, you know, he's yet to win on the PGA Tour, but boy, oh boy, he's been knocking on the door. W- what do you think he can take from the experience at uh, at the President's Cup last year where there's pressures packed in a big way where, where he can apply that not only this week but in weeks ahead where as he looks for that first career PGA Tour win? Yeah, I think he's... Uh, first of all, uh, I believe he, similar to Corey, thinks that uh, he can compete with the best players in the game. And he had a very good year in his rookie season, even though he was injured for four months. And this year, we've had some injury issues with a, a bad shoulder as well. It's starting to feel much better, and I think that's why he's been off to a slow start. Mm-hmm. Um, and he actually struggled earlier with his driver in the year, and now 
he's driving it on the rope. So that's fantastic. Uh, I think it's just about uh, for him being patient, realizing it's really his first year, year and a half as a PGA Tour player, and not pressing too much and realizing his everyday game is going to be good enough to compete out here. Uh, he's going to win out here. I think he's going to win 10, 10 times out here um, as coach, though, so I might be a teeny bit biased, but I really love his game, and I think he can be a top 30 player in the game. And and uh, But it's, you know, sometimes you look at some of the guys who've been out here for 5, 10, or 12 years, and you're you know, maybe applying a little too much pressure and, and pushing a little bit too hard or getting a little bit too, you know, pissed off when you're not quite there at their level. But, you know, imagine playing the same course and tournaments for 10 years, how much more experience you'd have, yeah. even in situations like this with high wind and, and, and rain, et cetera. So anyway, he's, he's on a great path. He's kind of, you know, on a really good journey for Taylor. We just have to keep working that, working that plan. And in terms of now we're, we're in the middle of a tournament, I'm going to guess, Derek, that you're, you're not really, you're not, you're not giving many uh, drills in terms of, you know, specific to a putting stroke or a full swing. It's more just little tinkering here and there. Is that correct? Yeah, we're doing a lot of maintenance work. Uh, skulls, we're, you know, we're really doing the stuff we've been doing for the last three months, six months, year. Uh, we may, you know, it's not that if they, if they get off a little bit, there could be some reminders on some of the stuff that we've been working on or it could be the odd new thing, but it's very pretty rare that if i'm if i'm blowing up something on a wednesday uh, one thing i know is i haven't done a good job uh the rest of the year so uh, and i need to be a lot better the rest of the year so no for the most part it's it's really working our our tournament week plan and and uh, trying to tidy everything up we're with Derek ingram who's a team canada national men's team coach and uh, obviously part of coaching is is dealing with conditions and this morning the conditions have not been ideal and they have changed a lot and they will continue to change as we head into the afternoon where the forecast is apparently apparently anyway supposed to get warmer and a little nicer as a coach do you give any advice to players about trying to deal and stay patient in conditions that will change all the time yeah, I mean, we, I do a lot more when they're in our amateur team or a junior team, uh, and even when they're young pros. So they're pretty sophisticated and fine-tuned when they get to this level in the PGA Tour. But, you know, it's the simple things like having, you know, three or four extra gloves, extra towels, having your rain gear, keeping, you know, having rain gloves and just being ultra-prepared. And then, yeah, you, you nailed it, Adam, just about being patient uh, and working the plan and, and realizing that um, it's it's – you know, a little bit difficult out here with the with the wind gusts, with the rain and with the wetness. And so there's going to be some, some times where maybe you make a few bogeys, but if you keep working your plan and hitting some fairways and greens, you're also going to make a bunch of birdies. So it's it's really about being patient and, and kind of working the game plan. Absolutely. And now we're throughout this interview, we've been showing live images of Oakdale, uh, the the country club. Uh, If you're watching us on TSN too, you were at Oak Hill. You're obviously here at Oakdale. How would you compare the two setups? Because some people have been comparing them as kind of similar given uh, the rough conditions. How would you compare them? Yeah, no question, Adam. I would, I would 100% agree. I said that to my guys earlier in the week on Monday and Tuesday when we were playing practice rounds. It's a little bit more open than Oak Hill and a little bit shorter than Oak Hill, but the rough conditions are as severe. Uh, and, you know, it doesn't have that length that is, although there are some very long holes and difficult holes here. But yeah, they're, they're similar. And I think for Corey and Taylor, that's been an advantage, you know, to play Oak Hill and the Memorial where they had really long rough and, and, preparation for the Canadian Open here at, uh, I guess I should call it the RBC Canadian Open here at Oak, uh, Oakdale.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's been a fun week so far. And now I, I have to ask you, uh, before we let you go, of course, I we saw you in person. It was nice to actually meet you in 3D, first of all. We, had, we hadn't done that yet. Uh, through, we've exchanged a bunch of texts and emails, etc. But it was nice to meet you. But th- th- that Team Canada training day that we had at, at Weston yeah. a, a couple weeks ago, how special was that for you to, to give us, Mediatype, a really deep inside look about what you and the national team coaches go through with all the younger players coming up and trying to make it on a professional scale? Yeah, it's super fun to do that, to interact with our media and some of our sponsors or boosters and and just share some of the insights that we might work with with our junior team or amateur team and our young pro squad and ultimately PGA Tour players. So that was fun. And it's also nice to put the name to the face. And I didn't realize you had such a sick golf swing, Adam. I, I, knew, I knew you were a golfer and dressed good, but I didn't know you had game and to pound it. So that was it was fun to meet some of those, yourself and a bunch of the media members and, and really, like I said, give them an insight into kind of what we do and how we operate. Well, i got to tell you, my friend, uh, you gave me one little minor uh, drill. Well, you told me two things, grip pressure and a little drill to sort of move my hands forward and, and go back and forth trying to move more of my, my chest backwards instead of hinging my wrists. And I think uh, right after you walked away, I did hit 123 club head speed, and it didn't really feel like I was swinging it that hard. So, my friend, I know I'm going to be uh, inundating you with texts and updates on how the swing speed is, how the game is. But more importantly, thank you for joining us today. Good luck to the boys this week. Please send our best to Corey Connors, and I know we'll have you back on Golf Talk Canada very soon. No, my pleasure, Adam. Uh, thanks very much, and have a great day. Thank you. That's Derek Ingram, Team Canada National Men's Team Coach. Uh, great to see Derek, and he is an unbelievable dude. And nice, nice to meet him in 3D too. A couple uh, weeks ago, as uh, we had Derek on, I was looking through the leaderboard. We have another Canadian we haven't mentioned once yet on this show who was making a big move and a big move in a huge way. Will Bateman, five under through his first nine holes. He is now T19. Three shots off the lead at three under par. This is a player that I interviewed. I actually got to meet as well this week. Funny how it all works now that COVID is behind us and these Zoom interviews are now behind us. We can actually meet people, shake hands, that sort of thing. Great to meet Will earlier this week. He was a winner on PGA Tour Canada, doing great things now on the professional scale, and he's only three shots off the lead, so good for Will Bateman. Coming up on the other side, it's our final segment of the week here at Oakdale. We'll recap what an eventful week it has been and we'll tee up overdrive coming up in a couple of hours if you're watching us on tsn2 you're watching the 13th hole here a challenging par four here at oakdale on the other side we'll wrap up gtc this segment of gtc presented by picton mahoney asset management was brought to you by cadillac cadillac experience cadillac Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of Lightstrike and Lightstrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada live at the rink hole. If you're watching us on TSN2, you're seeing an image here. 13th hole. We do some live play-by-play. Let's see if Sung Kang can play a little faster. Known as kind of a, a little bit of 
a slow player. Here we go. Sunken. He's got about uh, 24 feet up the hill. We're thinking a little right to left here. That's my initial read. I, I, I'm looking at a monitor, so I'm, I'm not entirely sure what the break is. But we're going to find out. Putter back. Oh, he's lining up again. Takes one more look. Sung Kang for birdie. He's walking it. He's walking it in. Oh, he lips out. Oh, no. Sung Kang, a great chance for birdie, but not meant to be for Sung Kang. Well, this is our final segment of our time here on the rink hole at the RBC Canadian Open. And I have to thank a number of people who have joined us on the show throughout the week. And hopefully I have everyone here who has joined us around the table. Golf Canada CEO Lawrence Applebaum. Golf Canada Chief Sport Officer Kevin Blue. RBC Canadian Open Tournament Director Brian Crawford. Team Canada National Men's Team Coach Derek Ingram. Chad Mum, the executive producer of Full Swing, the PGA Tour Netflix series. TJ Rule from Golf Away Tours. Scott Pritchard, from, uh, the executive director of PGA Tour Canada. Adrian Reitfeldt, TaylorMade Senior Tour Manager. Jerome Kahn from Bushnell Golf. Ralph Bauer, PGA Tour Coach. Jim Clark from Picker Golf. Nick Taylor from Golf Ontario, their Chief Marketing and Development Officer. Kristen Murphy, our golf analyst. Graham Dillette. Also, our golf analyst, and of course, Weeksy and Zacchino. It's been so much fun with everyone here around the table at the RBC Canadian Open. A week we will not forget, and we can't wait to be back again next year. And how awesome is it right now to see some Canadians in the mix here at the RBC Canadian Open? Leading the way, of course, Corey Connors, who is five under for the tournament. His round gets going in about an hour and ten minutes. Adam Hadwin, one shot back of Corey Connors. He is currently T11 at four under par. Taylor Pendrith, unfortunately, has made another bogey, but he is still T11 on the leaderboard. And as well, we have to mention Roger Sloan, who tees off in just a little bit. Will Bateman, who's playing a lot of great golf, too. He is T20. And Mike Weir. Mike Weir, two under par right now, T34. He is climbing up the leaderboard and climbing fast. He is the International President's Cup captain for next year. Mike Weir making big moves. As for Mackenzie Hughes, unfortunately, he has struggled so far today after a, a decent start. Well, this has been so much fun throughout the week here at the RBC Canadian Open. Next up for us personally on Golf Talk Canada will be Monday morning when we're back. Radio on TV, except we'll be in the studio. I'll be hosting as Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, Graham Dillette, our producer Mike Kaczynski. They're all jumping on a bird. They're going to Los Angeles for the U.S. Open at LACC, so we'll be on radio, television, 10 a.m., Monday, TSN 2, TSN 1050, and then you can watch our full U.S. Open preview show. And boy, oh boy, that's going to be a spicy meatball given what's going on in the world of golf. That's Tuesday evening, our first airing. And, of course, on Wednesday we'll have our usual 10 a.m. to noon on TSN 1050, followed by other uh, airings of our GTC TV special. That wraps up GTC here on the rink hole at the RBC Canadian Open. Overdrive coming up a little later in the afternoon, 4-7 to 7 on TSN. Thanks so much for joining us throughout the week here at the RBC Canadian Open. And remember, the first good decision for the golf course always starts in the closet. 
This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of LightStrike and LightStrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.